0: Hello, my name is Mallory Jenna Robinson. Join me on A Hateful Homicide, a true crime podcast dedicated to telling the stories regarding the murders of transgender, gender non-binary, and gender diverse community members in the United States and abroad. This is A Hateful Homicide. 911, what's your emergency? Yeah.
1: transgender woman has been shot and killed in North Baltimore, Alpha. In the US, trans women of color have a
0: life expectancy of just 35 years. This happens on a daily. Another one of my friends got killed right up the street from here. It- These cases are true. The victims are real and their voices matter. This is a hateful homicide. The murder of Letitia Tish Green. Tish taken too soon. Friday, November 14th, 2008. Syracuse, New York. Warning, the following episode you're about to listen to will contain audio evidence of misgendering. Listening discretion is advised.
1: Calling hours are tomorrow for the victim in Syracuse's latest homicide, and today launched a yearly program at Syracuse University to honor hundreds of people who lost their lives to violence against transgender people. 22-year-old Moses Cannon was shot to death last Friday. Investigators and his family say he was targeted because the prime suspect in his death didn't like the fact that he was transgender. Cannon was affectionately known to his family and friends as Tish. Lesbian, gay, and bisexual and transgender center at Syracuse University says the
0: slaying here is a stark reminder of hate. This kind of violence is not something that just happens in New York City and in San Francisco but it happens in our own backyard in our own community um, and that we're very shocked and saddened by it um, and we look to both the authorities and the community to step forward and and uh, deal with this crisis and to again speak out against it and say that violence against any community is
1: not acceptable. Transgender Day of Remembrance started 10 years ago to memorialize those who were killed due to transphobia. The event today happened at Hendricks Chapel at SU.
0: It's Friday, November 14th, 2008, in the city of Syracuse, New York. It will be the home where 22-year-old African-American transgender female Letitia T. Green was residing. When on that Friday, around 8.45 p.m., Her and her brother, Mark Patience Cannon, were invited to a house party on Seymour Street. The two arrive when all of a sudden, a blur, a slur, angry remarks are made towards Tish and her brother, Mark, who openly identified as a cis gay male. The two were met with epitaphs such as, quote, unquote, get the F out of here, Effing F quote unquote. These remarks would then be met with an individual by the name of twenty-seven year old cisgendered African American male, Dwight D. Lee, shooting Leticia in the chest and wounding Mark in the arm, killing Tish instantly, taking her too soon. Welcome my audience as you all come into this, you know remarkable episode one of the things that's so heartbreaking about this case is that you have this incredible beautiful african-american transgender female leticia teach green and she had been through such a ferocious life of survival and trust and encountering betrayal, but then also still persevering and believing and seeing the good in people, and to know that she was taken too soon, my audience, this is just really so incredibly heartbreaking. Again, welcome. You know what happens is, is that you have this shotgun blast placed on the body of 22-year-old African-American transgender female Letish Tish Green. Tish is, you know, instantly struck. And you can hear Mark yelling out, saying it burned, it burned. So instead of the hospital, a green demanded Cannon drive them to the home on Arthur Street, a 13 block drive where their aunt, Callie Cannon, was residing. What happens is, is that Mark is able to get... His sister Letiche over to their Aunt Callie Cannon's home on Arthur Street. Again, just thirteen blocks from that Seymour Street shooting where Tish was taken too soon. Tish is then laid out on the front porch of Callie's home. And then you essentially have the family calling an ambulance. They do quickly arrive onto the Arthur Street home and attempts to revive Letiche is made. Unfortunately, despite using CPR as well as the use of a defibrillator, the TT screen would die at 9:15 pm., Eastern Standard Time on that Friday, November 14th of 2008, just within 45 minutes of arriving to the, her friend's home on Seymour Street to what she and her brother Patience thought was going to be a a party, a holiday party of celebration and friends. And what's heartbreaking my audience is that, you know, you have this individual Dwight D. Lee, this 27 year old cisgendered African-American male, also a native of Syracuse, New York, a father of two, having a son and a daughter. He is a parent and yet he had no problem taking and almost taking the life of Albert Cannon's two children and Callie Cannon's niece and nephew. Unfortunately, Tish lost her life that Friday. Mark survived. And what would happen next it would shock the city of Syracuse, New York. When Dwight Dealey shot um Leticia Tish Green, killing her and wounding her brother Mark Cannon detective aaron martinez arrived on the scene at the Anagana county's sheriff department and he had questions for those who were around callie callie's brother albert uh, mark tish Unfortunately, who wasn't able to answer any questions, but trying to get a sense of what caused this hateful homicide of this beautiful African-American transgender female and her openly cisgendered gay male brother. Was it deliberate? According to Mark Cannon, when he was speaking to Detective Martinez, he did believe that this was a set up. Because of the fact when they arrived for the house party, there was no one around. And the fact that all of a sudden you have these individuals who were this individual blurting out, you know, transphobic and homophobic slurs and epitaphs, you know, proposing threats of violence. All of this led to essentially you having this beautiful 22-year-old African-American transgender female losing her life. Individuals who were eyewitnesses to this hateful homicide on Seymour Street around 8.45 p.m. that ultimately succumbed Letitia's life at 9.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. They stated that they recognized the individual who had done the shooting, carrying the shotgun, right? You have this, you know, six foot one African-American, 27 year old, 27 year old, cisgender male carrying a shotgun, walking down a street in Syracuse, New York. It's not quite hard to miss someone who would be, you know, displaying an, an act of violence and intimidation. And because he was a native and familiar with the Syracuse area, Dwight D. Lee was quickly identified. And with him being quickly identified, Detective Aaron Martinez was able to then take his team over to the home where Dwight D. Lee lived over on Jackson Drive in Syracuse, New York, and essentially was able to detain him. My audience, when Dwight D. Lee was detained, he was brought into the interrogation room at the Onondaga County interrogation Room and had this intense conversation with Dwight D. Lee. for the sake of Albert Canning, Callie Canning, Mark Canning, and the entire Canning family of Letitia Green wanting to know what was the cause of this hateful homicide that abruptly ended the life of Letitia and almost ended the life of her openly gay, cisgendered gay brother. Well, Dwight D. Lee said that he, you know, knew Tish and patients from the the neighborhood. He was not a fan of who they were. And as a dad, he felt, quote unquote, that it was his duty to assure that his children wasn't exposed to that kind of, quote unquote, lifestyle. Detective Aaron Martinez essentially had everything he needed, but this would go to trial. And the case would go to trial around March of 2010, just a year and a half after the hateful homicide. You have where Dwight D. Lee um, is essentially placed into the prosecutor's um, state area of the courtroom. And you have these prosecutors, D.A., Maggie, Choi, and you also have... Judge Anthony Alloy, who are presiding over this case, and they're essentially ruling on how this case is going to go. You have the prosecutor who is essentially saying that, you know, Dwight Dealey intentionally did this, that it was deliberate first degree murder. And then you have Dwight Dealey, who's also defending himself as well as having like a pro bono kind of, um, at will attorney, um, you know Jeffrey Santos, who is supporting him in this effort of uh, arguing that he was in a state of hysteria. He was in a state of panic. He was in a state of anger when he saw Tish and her brother patients driving down Seymour Street. And when he shot them and he eventually, you know, went over to the Talman Street where he dropped the shotgun, where they were able to pick that up and have the evidence matched to the ballistics of Tisha's mortally wounded body. And when he was, you know, going through this um, trial and you have the DA and you have him and his team arguing back and forth over if this was murder or manslaughter, It was the trial of the century. And essentially this case also merited the first hate crime statute on where an individual was murdered due to their gender identity. Tish's case was the first case in the state of New York, as well as the city of Syracuse, where a trans person, especially a black trans woman, is getting the justice she would deserve as being for being murdered due to it being a hate crime. And again, you had, you know, the judge, Anthony Aloy, You had, you know, the DA who were all essentially making sure that they did what they needed to do to get those hate crime charges argued and implemented throughout the jury. Essentially, you know, on June 8th of 2010, after three months, you know, there was this hate crime manslaughter charge. And essentially what this would raise was a minimal possible sentence upon conviction from five years to seven and a half years. So what the jury ultimately did was bring him back on June 20th of 2010 in the Andaganda County Courthouse, where he was sentenced to the maximum 25 years to life for the hate crime manslaughter conviction of Letitia Tish Green. But now let's shift gears and talk about who LaTiche T. Green was. Born in 1986, Letiche T. Green was the daughter of Albert Canning, sister of Mark Canning, niece of Cali. She was beloved by her mother, her family, her grandmother, and she was just so full of life. Coming out as trans. Back early at the age of 16 in 2002, she addressed her family boldly, wrote a letter to her parents, stating that she was trans. She was greeted warmly by family members, um, and they were always fearful about what society may do to her. Um, She recalled, as she talked about her family, you know, growing up in Alabama, where I'm also from, um, they talked about the fact that the Cannon family in Alabama always welcomed white children around the dinner table. And so for them, they felt that racial discrimination and trans discrimination, transgender discrimination, quote unquote, are two sides of the same coin. However, things did not always go so smoothly within the school setting. Tish was taunted by boys at school. She did get into fights, fist fights at the cafeteria. Um, But she, um, after the age of 16, she never returned to school. She would then go on to work as a private hairdresser and advocated for equality for gay and trans people before her death. In 2004, at the age of 18, Tish was at a bar when an individual by the name of John Matthews came over upon discovering her gender identity, takes out his Swiss army knife and cuts Tish in the face. She takes this beautiful photo around 2005, circa 2005, where she takes this beautiful photo of her, boldly as a trans woman, photo to be able to share with her family for the holidays. And you can see that scar very visible my audience. And it's really profound because she takes that scar. It's her battle scar, her battle wounds. And you know, she walked all the way home with that blood on her face. She was picked on, but she continued to be empowered in her truth. And when you think about just this six year journey, this gender journey that she was on from 2002 into her hateful homicide of 2008, just at the age of 22. You think of the trauma that she went through, being taunted, being abused, being cut, and then to be shot by a shotgun just for simply being who she was. Tish was definitely taken too soon, my audience. And you had this coward by the name of Dwight D. Lee who had no remorse, no sense of gratitude, no sense of the understanding that he was taking away a family member, a daughter, a sister, and almost a brother and son as well if he would have had it his way. However, around November 30th, 2014, Dwight Lee had successfully won and overturned on his conviction due to the fact that there was some information that was disclosed or failed to be disclosed during his trial. And as you can see here, my audience, you can hear this information on how um, his conviction was overturned
1: information in the case of Leticia Green. This goes back 10 years. She was a Syracuse transgender woman who was killed in 2008.
0: And Dwight DeLee, the man accused of killing her, now walking free. On Friday, a jury found DeLee not guilty of manslaughter. He acted as his own attorney in the case. DeLee was once convicted of manslaughter as a hate crime in this case, but and then a higher court threw out the conviction saying instructions to the jury were unclear. Now Delise spent about eight years in prison in connection with this case. So you have Dwight D. Lee, who then has his conviction overturned. He advocates for himself successfully, having that information, you know, turn. So essentially what happens here is that you have this delayed justice. This, excuse me, this delayed justice. So when he was convicted in June of 2010, again, that manslaughter as a hate crime and sentenced to 25 years in prison. Uh, unfortunately, there was some confusion among the jury that led the uh, Lee's conviction to be overturned. On appeal. the jury for a person said later that the panel believed the lead was guilty but didn't realize it needed to convict him of another charge. Two prosecutors had indicated that split verdict was ruled inconsistent in an appeal that went all the way to the state's highest court of appeals. This acknowledged jurors were probably confused by Judge William Walsh's instructions leading to the faulty verdict. Essentially, the higher court allowed prosecutors to retry the case that would begin around 2016, while Dwight was free from 2014 until 2016 to his retrial. Um, he got into trouble from his car insurance lapsing that led to a confrontation with police officers around August of 2016 before he was later re and convicted again for a hate crime. He was then also stopped again on Tauman Street for not using a turn signal. Um, because ins- his insurance had lapsed, they had decided to then tow his Nissan Maxima. Dele began to fight with the officers, punching at least two of them. He was then indicted on a felony assault, misdemeanor, resisting arrest, a violation of harassment, and other traffic violations. Around June 16th of 2017, a prosecutor read the new indictment on the hate crime manslaughter charge against the white D. Lee. And again, he was convicted and sentenced to 25 years to prison, where he is currently serving. But while he was on trial, he did have a response on his newfound freedom my audience, which is what I want to share with you all at this time. Mm
1: -hmm. Oh, it feels excellent to be home, I guess, to be with my son, my daughter, my family, like, just being home is like a pleasure for me. I'm glad that justice finally got served, even though it's 11 years later, I fought diligently, and here I am standing. And I'd like to also thank Charles Keller, because without him, none of this would have been possible, and without my family. So, I just appreciate that. Thank you.
0: So you have him giving thanks for his, again, his pro bono team, that of Willer and others who were supporting him in that effort. This was, was around when he was released in 2014 um, for, again, that, and that split and inconsistent verdict due to the jury not having fully understanding the multiple charges that he could have been convicted of. But nonetheless... He would then be retrialed and successfully placed back into the Syracuse State Department of Corrections, and that is where he has remained until this day. You know, it was heartbreaking my audience that Tisha's family just went through this consistent courtroom battle. But again, to honor her legacy, she was one of the first honored along that 10-year anniversary of t when her hateful homicide occurred on November 14th of 2008. It was just six days before what we acknowledge in uh, season two along the hateful homicide. Uh, you know, our lovely, lovely um, community member, that founded T-Door, it really discusses the fact that Tish was acknowledged. She was like so many other beautiful black trans women who were just trying to live their best lives, working as a hairdresser, being there for her family who loved, supported, and affirmed her. And the only violence that she faced was that by the hands of others who were unwilling to support and affirm her, my audience. And what we have to remember is that Tish was an individual who had been through so many trials and tribulations And though she was taken too soon and never her love for others, her willingness to see the good in others and trust in others, you know, led to this propensity of always giving others the benefit of the doubt. And her brother, Mark Patience Cannon, you know, stated that, you know, he felt that this was a setup that him and his sister were both set up by the individuals who had invited them to the Seymour Street party on that Friday. The individuals were so, who shall remain anonymous, were determined to get these individuals over to the house party. And immediately when they got there, according to Mark, they were met with. Again, transphobic and homophobic epitaphs and slurs, and then also with the shotgun blast killing Tish as well as wounding Mark. And so, you know, we have to, you know, pose this question, my audience Do you believe that this was a setup? Was Tish and patience set up by these individuals who wanted them at this house party around 8:45 p.m. on that Friday, November 14, 2008, Syracuse, New York, Seymour Street party? Think about it and answer on Spotify. Just to give you a little bit more information about kind of the how Tish loves to just dress up, she loved to wear her sister's penny loafers she loved to wear her older sister's clothing and again, you know, you have this beautiful photo of Tish taken um, in 2008 and her in this yellow blouse and these blue denims and she has her hair all made up with her hoop earrings and she's just smiling And you see this happiness within her, my audience. And that's how we want to remember Tish. We want to remember Tish for the loving, caring, supportive sister, daughter, friend, confidant, hairdresser, and loved one that she was to so many. As we think about how this case had been overturned for, you know, Dwight D. Lee and his family and how he was so jubilee about this whole situation of him being released. I also want to give you an idea of how Tisha's family felt at that time, between 2008 from the time of her hateful homicide all the way to around 2017, there was this constant legal battle between the Green and Cannon family, as well as the DeLee family, to see about who would ultimately come out on top and where justice would be served. And when that conviction was overturned, my audience, you could see how the family of Letitia Green reacted.
1: Her mother says Letitia Green was well aware of the ignorance and abuse she would face as a transgender woman, but didn't let it hold her back. He said,
0: I'm not afraid no more. He said, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of none of them out there.
1: I'm not afraid. In 2008, Green was shot and killed while sitting in a car on Seymour Street. Dwight DeLee was convicted of first-degree manslaughter as a hate crime. It was the first hate crime homicide conviction in Onondaga County. In July, an appeals court said the judge failed to give the jury proper instructions. An appeals court ruled that because the jury did not convict DeLee of manslaughter first and then a hate crime, the verdict was thrown out. Dwight DeLee was allowed to walk free on a technicality one Green's family could make little sense of. And
0: I'm beating myself up about it every day now. Where is the justice? It makes me not believe in the system at all.
1: The Onondaga County District Attorney's Office is hopeful they can have an appeal heard before another court and Delee could be sent back to jail. Transgender advocate and attorney Mallory Livingston called the appeal court's ruling absurd and couldn't believe they let a convicted killer go free over a technicality in wording.
0: You had a jury that wanted to make sure that they convicted him of the most serious charge charges that the facts warranted that was manslaughter as a hate crime. As you could hear the outrage from Leticia's family, her mother, who said that she had little faith in the justice system, all the way to an advocate with my namesake, Mallory Livingston. The beauty of this case is that you really saw on County really support the Green and Cannon family. Tish's life was taken too soon just at the tender age of 22, right? In 2008, Tish would have been graduating from college. She would have been this beautiful hairdresser. She would have had so much to look forward to. Thanksgiving was right around the corner. She had bought some Christmas presents for her loved ones that would be given out posthumously after her passing. Looking forward to the 2009 new year. Hey! And then to know all of a sudden that that would be cut abruptly and so viciously and violently. Tish laying on her Aunt Callie Cannon's front porch. Oh, on Arthur Street gasping, trying to get air, you know, clinging to life, dying, losing air, knowing that ass, ambulance, the hospital staff, everyone who did what they could to save this beautiful 22 year old trans woman and then for her to lose her life. And then for the police, Detective Aaron Martinez, Mallory Livingston, Anthony Alloy, Judge Wash, all of them who worked so tirelessly and never gave up to assure that Dwight D. Lee, this individual who had no reason to target Tish and her brother Patience, all for simply being members of the LGBTQIA community, took her life and has never once said he was sorry. He has never once felt remorseful. If anything, he was ready to get back to his family and get back to business as usual. And the irony my audience is that he would have killed again. We know this to be true. If he could go and just go and just start shooting a brother and sister in their car before they could even get out and attend the Seymour Street party, before they could even grab the birthday present and birthday card that Tish was so affectiously known for doing, getting gifts for others, to celebrate others. And while she was going to celebrate her friend and her friends and be with them, as 2008 was beginning to come to a close, She's met with these hateful words. And then her life is taken too soon with a shotgun blast wounding her mortally. Wounding her brother with him screaming out, it's burning, it's burning. And for what? So he could keep his children from being exposed or immunized to LGBTQIA people. My audience, you know, I resonated so much with this case because, you know, I think of myself in my gender journey in 2008 as well. I would have been 18. And I think of Tisha as a young black trans woman who, too, was just discovering her truth. She began her journey at 16. I began my journey at 16. You know, both have that Alabama connection. And I think of her life in New York and this beautiful you know, 22-year-old trans woman of color who was just so hopeful for the future despite all of the hardships and the headaches and the heartaches that she went through. She always saw the good in others. You heard what her mother said, she had no problem walking out of her home boldly and proudly as herself. And to know that she never really got to fully live out her life just because of the fact that she was being in her truth and to know that her brother Patience who too was very traumatized seeing his sister shot right we have to remember that this was a sibling of the you know he saw his sister get murdered in front of him bleeding to death clinging to life getting over to Aunt Callie's home knowing that in minutes, with few moments of recollections of their time together, that Tish would take her last breath on that front porch. No CPR, no defibrillation could save or spare Tish's life from being met with the hateful homicide on that Friday, November 14, 2008. But justice for her would be served, my audience. Dwight D. Lee, though he tried for nine years to overturn his conviction. And with a little success, he did for just a moment. And with 24 months, he caused even more terror, fighting police officers, driving around with suspended license, traffic violations, you know, assault and battery. This is who was let back out on the streets. And believe me, if he was still out there, he would kill again. And I think what's so important for us to remember is that Tish was just this incredible individual who was just so full of life. And you think of her, her life being just cut short for no reason, for simply being herself. And of course, like I said, you know, we have to ask ourselves too, as well. Was this deliberate? Was this intentional? A lot of us would like to think it wasn't. Wrong place, wrong time. But then again, we don't know. There's still so much. This case now is almost 14 years old. And there's still so many unanswered questions that the Cannon and Green family deserve to have answers to. And if anyone knows of any information surrounding, you know, any additional information, if there were others involved, that still should be apprehended and serve justice as this is a murder case, and there is no statute of limitation on murder. Reach out to the Undagunda County Sheriff's Department. Reach out to their Crime Stoppers team, my audience. Tish was taken too soon. Her hateful homicide on that Friday, November 14, 2008 is heart-aching and heartbreaking. Her father has had several strokes since this hateful homicide. Her brother has had PTSD trauma from being disfigured from the gunshot wound. That burned, causing third degree burns. They have these flashes of imagery of Tish, who was taking her last breaths. Callie holding her niece's hand, begging her to hold on. Cling, cling, cleave to me, Tish. Knowing, as hard as Tish fought, that there was nothing that she could do. And what does Dwight D. Lee do? He takes the shotgun. Runs off over to the Talmud Street area. Disposes of it like it's nothing. Goes over to his mother's house where his baby mother and the children are there. And feeling proud of what he has done. Taking the life of what he honestly believed was that of the brother and sister. He really hoped to have killed Mark as well. And had that bullet not went closer to mark as it did to tish then this case would have a different turnout but what we have to also acknowledge in this silver lining in this glass half full of this hateful homicide my audience is that tish's case was the first case to be considered a hate crime this black trans woman did when i tell you they said her name and Dwight D. Lee thought that she was gonna be another black trans woman who was gonna be murdered and no one was going to care, but not in Syracuse and not the Green family and not the Cannon family. The families and the prosecutors were determined to make sure that justice with Tish was served. She had suffered enough at the hands of bullies in school to where she had to drop out at the age of 16. And did that stop her? No, she went on and got her cosmetology degree, went on and got her GED. She went on and did what she needed to do for the next six years in her gender identity from her social to medical transition. She built friendships and long lasting relationships that Dwight D. Lee could never ever tarnish or taint with his hateful acts on that Friday night. He thinks that he got away with this sense of vigilante, this sense of eradicating sin or whatever he wants to tell himself. But all he did was spark a beautiful, momentous fight for justice to assure that no one else, no trans woman of color, no trans individual of color, no non-binary person of color, none of our community members would be met with these hateful homicides and justice would not be served. Undergoner County made sure that that hate crime statute was there for Letitia T. Green, and though she was met with so much adversity and hardships in her short 22 years of life, she never got to see, you know, Facebook and where it is or Tinder or TikTok or Snapchat. She never got to see you know all the progress that the trans community has made over the past 14 years since her hateful homicide she never got to see how the community that her brother identifies with the gay community has had a huge momentous rights from gay marriage to adoptions and serving in the armed forces All of these things were taken away from Tish too soon because 27 year old cisgender African-American male, Dwight D. Lee decided on that Friday night, seeing Tish and her brother pull up in that car on Seymour Street, decided to take the shotgun that he had with him, premeditatedly walked around to the car blurting out these hateful remarks to Tish and her brother, who had no time to flight or fight, who had no time to flee or even put the car in drive before all of a sudden a shotgun blast could be heard on that Seymour Street ringing out. 911 calls ringing out, trying to get justice and figure out why the hell is Dwight D. Lee shooting this brother and sister so viciously, so hatefully. And though he has been now serving his sentence, For the past five years, truly, he will not see the light of day. Those children that he has wanted to protect are now being protected from him. And as we prepare to conclude this case, my audience, you know, I just wanna say to my beautiful sister, Letitia Tish Green, born 1986 and resting on since November 14th, 2008. We remember you, Love Bug. Yesterday, today, tomorrow, forever, and always. Thank you so much, my audience, for tuning in to this episode of A Hateful um, Excuse me, a Hateful Homicide. Tish taken too soon. My name is Mallory Jenna Robinson, your host. Please follow us on I um, Instagram, IG, at a hateful homicide. You can also follow me at Mallory Jenna90. Please also um, check out our website at ahatefulhomicide.net. Use use the hashtags a hateful homicide trans awareness. True Crime Podcast, Suspenseful Saturdays. Say their names. You can also listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And again, this is season three, episode six, six of A Hateful Homicide, Tish Taken Too Soon. Look forward to connecting with you all next Saturday, 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Again, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of A Hateful Homicide. And I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. Bye bye.